Welcome to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast, your source for the latest news on Google for education, tips, tricks, and teaching ideas you can use in class tomorrow. And here are your hosts, Matt Miller from DitchThatTextbook.com and Casey Bell from ShakeUpLearning.com. Welcome to episode 39 of the Google Teacher Tribe, which also happens to be our anniversary episode. Woo! Yay! Woohoo! We're all, yeah. yeah. We're all excited. I don't know. You probably can't feel the excitement coming through the microphone just yet, but uh, we made it. We made it a full year, and I feel like that is something to celebrate. And we've, we've been reflecting on on our progress and you know you go back to that first episode and we're like eh, what, do, what what were we doing there but <laughs> yeah yeah that first one was a little bit rough but i think whenever you start a blog or whenever you do a podcast or basically whenever you do any sort of creative work you look back at, at it at the beginning and i think you're supposed to think that that was not so great but um but hey it's we're we're a year in and you know i was just doing some some calculations and if I remember correctly, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like 26 hours of us talking on podcast episodes. Isn't oh that my. crazy? That's too much, Casey, for anybody. <laughs> that's a lot of us. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. That's like some sort of crazy Netflix binge if somebody did that. I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but, yeah. but there, have been, there have been lots of good ideas and lots of good stuff shared by the tribe, too. Absolutely. It's not about us at all. And I think it's it's been a fabulous year. And I, again, you know, you never really know what you're going to learn throughout the process. And you guys keep us on our toes, first of all. And we are so grateful for the tribe, what you share and your support. And you have made this episode possible. And guess what? You're the star of this episode. This is all about sharing tips from the tribe. Matt and I, we may have some comments, but this is this is not us sharing today. This is coming from the tribe. And it's been a, a fabulous year. And let me tell you, we got so many speak pipe messages that we couldn't fit them all in. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It was tough. We We sifted through lots of them. And I mean, we could have gone probably for hours if we talked about everything that people shared with us and we shared all of their their stuff. We probably could have gone on and on for a long time, but we've picked out a handful of them that we think will be really good. And um, we're just excited to share the the microphone with you guys and to to hear what you've got to, to share too. And I know whenever we we do something like this where we share lots of practical tips that these are these are really really good episodes too so we're super super hopeful that you're going to find this um, find this episode really useful what was offered in these messages these these little voice messages that were left are, are some fantastic tips tricks lesson ideas we've got it all folks it's all in today's episode we have um, some some names you'll probably see that sound a little bit familiar we've got some super super fans of the tribe and uh, maybe mm -hmm. a couple people who've even been on the Google teacher tribe podcast but uh, we are hashtag super excited. Super excited. <laughs> to share this with you and super excited that we are celebrating our anniversary. 
I, I was thinking about this the other as like, is it an anniversary? Is it a birthday? Uh, is it a pot anniversary like, or uh, do we do we get a cake? Like n- nobody gave me a cake. Did you get a cake? I didn't get a cake. Oh it no, somebody somebody's actually gonna the cake. Oh, you I got the cake to me. They sent yeah, it to Indiana. Right. Oh man, it so good. Yeah, it's so cold up that's here. Like, you know, it was one of those ice cream cakes. Oh, it was delicious. Not really, but it really wasn't. A cake. I'm just messing with you guys. So. Oh. Yeah, well, and I think that's something that we've learned along the way too is is to let our personalities come through, and uh, apparently people are okay with that. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so Chris has helped us uh, as our producer. Chris Nessie has helped us sort of uh, break out of our mold and uh, and and share a little bit uh, of ourselves throughout the episode. So we hope you are ready to learn today. Are you ready to go? Yes, absolutely. Let's get started. All right. Let's kick things off with a message from the fabulous Jen Giffen, who was a guest in episode 10. Jen is going to share some of her favorite Google Drive keyboard shortcuts. Take it away, Jen. Hi, Matt and Casey. It's Jen Giffen, also known as Virtual GIF, coming to you from Ontario, Canada. Congratulations on one year of really great shows. I would like to share two tips with you, and they are not surprising, from Google Drive. And what I do is I often want to toggle between seeing all my files in a folder as a list or as those little cards. And that's called list view and grid view. But sometimes the breadcrumb across the top that lists like my drive and then all the subfolders gets so long that the button that you normally use, and that's the one that either looks like dots with lines or two-thirds of a waffle, it disappears because your breadcrumb is so long. Well, I've discovered that if you single click any file to highlight it and then press the letter V, it automatically will toggle between list view and grid view in that folder. So it's a really great way to speed things up. My other one is, again, if you single click, so it's highlighted, any file and press the letter P, it pulls up a preview of that file. So I can pull up the preview and flip through slides. I can pull up a preview and read an entire document. And this saves me from having to open the tab or sorry, open the file, open it in a new tab, and then have hundreds of tabs open in a case of tabitis when I'm just trying to look quickly for a document. So the P and the V key are really good friends of mine in the Google Drive. Have a great day, guys. So thank you so much for that. You know, keyboard shortcuts save me a ton of time. And if you have not taken a moment to get to know some of the keyboard shortcuts in the various Google apps, they will save you clicks and time. And I love that that Jen has shared that one. That's not one that I've actually thought about using inside Drive, but she's right. Um, she must have a lot of subfolders. That's all I'm thinking. Um, and, and the way she shared her breadcrumbs, that it goes all the way over. So, um, but being able to, to quickly toggle between the list view and that grid view is very handy because I know sometimes like I've got so much stuff, I've got to see it in a list. But then if I'm looking for an image, that thumbnail really helps me when I'm searching Google Drive. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is one that I'm definitely going to have to check out too. And I'm glad that she just brought up the idea of keyboard shortcuts in the first place. I really feel like this is something where if you want to save yourself minutes in the day and hours in the week and, you know, 
sometimes like entire days in a month. Um, I don't know. I may be overstating that a little bit, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, you know, these are some of those things that help us get things done a lot faster uh, with a lot less effort. So thank you, Jen, for sharing about keyboard shortcuts. Now, our next one comes from Laura Wheeler. She's in Ottawa in Canada. And she shares about a really sort of fun thing that I've seen her talk about on Twitter a couple of times. And so we're going to turn it over to Laura. Go ahead. Hi, Matt and Casey. My name is Laura Wheeler, and I'm up here in Ottawa, Canada. Earlier this year, uh, you on your podcast talked about learning in the loo, which I've been using in my school this year. Uh, and I've been posting the posters on Twitter Um, previous to doing learning in the loo teachers in my school, I would try and share things that I was learning online with them by either emailing them links to blog posts or trying to get them on Twitter. And maybe I could get one or two people to read the links I sent, but really didn't have much traction, uh, until online, um, from Elizabeth Patel, uh, and giving a shout out to Kathy Kersnowski, uh, talked about this learning in the loo idea where you put a poster in the bathrooms where you have a captive audience on the toilet. Uh, and you can do some ed tech training that way. So this year, uh, I started with a Google Docs 101 poster, um, doing the basics of Google Docs and sharing and how to work in them. Uh, it's been followed up with Google Classroom, what's new uh, in September. And that was based on a Google Teacher Tribe episode, as well as Matt's Stitch textbook blog post. Um, and most recently, we did an addition, a poster on how to use Google Drawings and the sorts of activities you can do with them. Uh, learning in the loo has been a really great way to share with the teachers in my school. And it's really gotten more teachers talking about and trying out the Google tools than ever before. So I really encourage people to check it out. Hashtag learning in the loo. Thanks guys for your awesome podcast. Oh my goodness, Laura, learning on the loo. I remember hearing about this and seeing this on Twitter so vividly. And it's, it's so true that you know, whenever, um, whenever you get people as a captive audience, there's an opportunity there. And so I think you've, uh, you've taken, taken that to, to heart really, really well. And, um, you know, I think any, any time that we can look for ways to break out of the rut and to give people, you know, give people ideas in a, a new and fresh way, that's a lot of fun. And, um, I've actually seen this idea used in other places, not in Laura's school district. And, um, I've, I, I think that the whole idea is very slowly spreading and I think it's a really good one worth, worth checking out. Absolutely. Learning in the loo, goo in the loo. Matt, be careful with your preposition choice. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> That's a good it, point. It does make a difference. I think well, we did have uh, an episode where we shared this before, and for some reason, the word potty cast, I think, came out. Yeah. Oh, man. We had. Yeah, oh, that was yeah. like a multi-episode thing that that came out of all of that. Yeah, yeah I think it just kept yeah. going. So thank you, Laura, for uh, for for sharing that again. Great ideas, always moments in our lives to learn, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, now let me let me throw in real quick before we move on past Laura. Laura was uh, the one that created these amazing sketch notes um, along with Jen Giffen, who we just heard from a little bit ago, but she is a fantastic sketch noter. So um, definitely go head over to Twitter and check her out at um, her Twitter handle is at Wheeler underscore Laura. Okay. Moving on to our next tip from Karen McKenna, and she is from Sebastopol, California. 
I hope I said that right. And she has a great idea for using a Google slide deck to post absent work for students and parents. Check it out. This is Karen McKenna. I teach at Twin Hills Charter Middle School in Sebastopol, California. And I started listening to the Google Teacher Tribe when you guys began last year. I'm very excited for your anniversary episode. And I wanted to share my best idea that I sort of came up with on my own from a lot of recommendations that I've learned from you guys over the past year. So I wanted to come up with a better way to keep um, my absent work flowing and keep information to students about what they missed when they were absent. So I decided that I was going to make a slide deck that I call absent. And I put that slide deck in my Google Classroom under the About tab. It's the first thing so students can always access it easily. I also have embedded it on my Google site. And because it's embedded, parents can go there and um, they can click through the slide set deck or they can go um, click on the slide deck to open it up fully. But what I do is every day, I just copy and paste my slide and I put my newest slide at the top. So that's the first thing they see when they log in. And it's just a bullet point list of um, things, activities, assignments students missed, and what they need to do to get it made up. So um, I try to put all of the work into the hands of my students to help my life a little bit be easier using Google tools. Thank you, Karen, for sharing that idea. I love that. Absent work used to drive me bonkers. Trying to keep up with it, I kept a calendar was my method. I kept a calendar online and I would put the work on the calendar. Of course, there was only so many details you could put inside a calendar. And that that link to that calendar was also in my email signature. So when a parent emailed me, I would just say, hey, go check out the calendar and you can see exactly what they missed. Of course, now with um, classroom and guardian emails and all these other things, there's so many other ways to do it. But I love this idea. And it's so easy to embed a Google slide deck in a Google site or any other kind of website. And and it's so easily read too. So, um, so thank you, Karen. That was a fabulous idea. Yeah, that's brilliant. And I love how whenever those slide decks are embedded that they, whenever you change something in the slide deck, that it automatically updates it on the site. So you don't even have to go and do it in multiple separate or yeah, multiple different places. So um, yeah, that's a, that's a great tip. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that one. Our next one comes from Lisa Scumpieru in Hagerstown, Maryland. And Lisa has a great Google Classroom tip uh, that is a little thing that you might not think about that you definitely want to use. So go ahead and take it, Lisa. Hi, my name is Lisa Scumpiero from North Hagerstown High School in Hagerstown, Maryland. I teach 10th grade English. And one thing that I have done in Google Classroom every year is I take my assignments and I number them. Alice Keeler mentioned this in her Google Classroom book. And I start with 001. And then I keep on numbering through. Right now, I'm in 045. And my students know that if they look in the grade book, I'm going to have that number in there as well as uh, a way for them to know that if they have a partial um, credit for something, they can then go into Google Classroom and find that number immediately. So it just really helps to make your stream more, um, I guess, streamlined, you could call it. And it just makes it easier for students to find where you are because I put that up on my board every day. So I have 045 on my board right now. So I hope this helps. 
Ah, yes. Here it is. The numbering assignments tip in Google Classroom. This is one that I've heard a few times, but it's definitely worth repeating in this show because it's so, so useful. Um, Just sticking those numbers in there actually gives you something concrete to refer to whenever you want to talk to students about their assignments. Because so often, if you try to say, you remember when we did that one thing? (laughs) <laughs> then you you assume that kids know what you're talking about when they might not. But if you say assignment number 32, then it's very concrete and, and obvious. And then, of course, if you use those numbers in the file names for all of the files that go with those assignments, too, then it just makes it, it really clear. So, yeah, really glad that you brought that one up. And again, of course, hat tip to the one and only Alice Keeler, where uh, Lisa learned about this and where I learned about it, too. Yes, that's probably one of the number one tips that I share as well. The the numbering of assignments will just organize you in ways you never thought possible when it comes to using Google Classroom. So great tip. Thanks for sharing that, Lisa. We also have coming up another tip from Alberta, Canada. We have Tyler Osborne sharing some ideas for using Google Keep to share tutorials and feedback for students. Take it away, Tyler. Hi, Matt and Casey. Congratulations on your one year of podcasting. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. My name is Tyler Osborne. I'm an educator in Alberta, Canada. Um, You can find me at Mr. T. Osborne on Twitter, or my website is 21centlearning.ca. My Google uh, tip for you guys is uh, one using Google Keep. In a previous episode, you talked about how you could drag Keep comments into Google Docs and leave feedback really quickly that way. Well, my hack goes a little bit further, and what you do is you record um, screencasts of lessons that they need, uh, the students need, in order to improve the work. So things like if they need to learn how to format a title properly or uh, write a topic sentence, you record a little screencast of you doing that, and then uh, you post the YouTube link in the actual Google uh, Google Keep comment, and then you can drag that comment in with the live link uh, so that the student on their Google Doc gets not only the feedback that they need, but also a little mini lesson on how to do it properly. All right, that's all for me. I can't wait for the next uh, year's worth of episodes. Thanks. Wow. You know what? The uses for Google Keep just seem to be getting better and better every single day. There Mm -hmm. are just so many ways to use it. And especially now with the integration that we have using Keep inside uh, other applications and being able to just easily click and drag that. So having those those pre uh, pre worded, you know, the normal feedback that you give your students ready to go. And I love that he's also combining this with some screencastify tutorials. So when a student needs help, they've got that at their fingertips. So uh, some great uh, combinations there of, of using those different applications to, to help your students because feedback we know is so important. So thanks for sharing that, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, I love that one too. I don't know about you, Casey, but I'm starting to feel like Google Keep is kind of like the Swiss army knife of the Google tools. <laughs> like there's, well, it can't there's be million- because I call Google Slides that. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! So the, okay, I'll have to come up with some other, yeah. some other, yeah, name it's, that I can give it. It's the Instapot for <laughs> ooh, tools. I like that. Yeah, there you go. That's right. So yeah, we'll call it it's the Instapot. Ten and one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I just am constantly impressed with how people are using this and seeing all the different ways that um that it's it's. Being being used. Um, you know, for instance, um, 
one thing that's that's really neat is I've seen um, Stephanie Filardo. She did a, a blog post about how she would create these little doc stickers that you could drop onto student work and she would deliver those through Google Keep. That's another way to use Google Keep that I never would have expected. And, you know, it's something that it's probably one of the most used apps on my phone because whenever I have a little bit of inspiration, I jot it down into Google Keep. And so I have a million notes in my Google Keep. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a huge, uh, such an important tool. And Tyler, thank you so much for for your ideas on using it. All right, moving right along, we've got Jolie Boucher next, and she is from Massachusetts, and she's going to talk about how you can actually embed videos, not just in a doc, not just in slides, but in Google Drawings also. Take it, Jolie. Hello, everyone. My name is Jolie Boucher, and I blog at fliptechcoaching.com. This year, I discovered that you can embed video into Google Drawings, and that was a huge game changer for me. So if you don't know how to do that, let me tell you how. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to go into Google Slides, and you're going to insert a video right into Google Slides. Once your video is there, you're just going to copy the video, just right-click and copy it, go into Google Drawings and right click and paste. So this was a huge game changer for my HyperDocs and for all my blended learning activities. I really liked that my videos were right there embedded in the Google Drawing. It just kind of made for a seamless presentation. And my teachers and my students had so much fun watching videos within Google Drawings. I hope you enjoyed my tip, everyone. Take care. Uh, see, this is this is pretty cool. This is something that I wouldn't have originally thought of doing to get a video into a Google drawing, but to use this little hack to pull it into a slide first and then just copy it in the drawing is brilliant. And Julie, you make a great point with this too, that if you're doing hyperdocs and if Google drawings are a part of your hyperdoc repertoire, so to speak, this sort of opens up a whole new realm of what you can do with them. And I mean, either using it to watch videos or to be able to play music or whatever, you know, whenever you pull these videos into your into your files, then it it starts to open up sort of a whole new dimension of what you can do with them. So great, great tip. I love it. Yeah. Thank you, Jolie. And can I just say that I love your name? Like, that's like the coolest name ever. Just Jolie Boucher. You just sound Jolie so Boucher. sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, to, to, uh, to the Southerner, your, your name sounds super sophisticated. Uh, so thank you for that. <laughs> love hyperdocs and we're always, you know, finding new little hacks like, like this. So thank you for sharing that. Now, my next tip comes from Emily Cress from New Oxford, Pennsylvania. And she is doing a little app smashing of various G Suite apps in a digital breakout. Take a listen. This is Emily Cress from New Oxford, Pennsylvania on Twitter at Cress Tech 4. I wanted to give some feedback about my top trending idea for this year, which would be to combine Google Sites Google Forms, Google Docs, and Google Drawings in a digital breakout. So for this, you use a Google site as basically your holder for all your information. And then the digital breakout idea is to create an experience where students have to use all of the clues that you place into your Google site 
through different text images and some attachments, such as different websites or a Google drawing or a Google doc. And then they have to find and answer these little clues that are embedded in a Google form, such as a key. So they have to get all of these different clues correct. Um, I really enjoy doing the digital version and then linking it after they think that they've broken out of the form. Then they have to go through my classroom in a actual QR scavenger hunt. So that kind of takes it up a notch and really gets them up and out of their seats and moving. So thank you so much for all that you guys do for the Google Teacher Tribe. I know that we all appreciate it like you wouldn't believe and keep making awesome things happen. Thanks, guys. Okay. How many of you out there have tried a digital breakout? Uh, you know, I think it's a fun twist on, on, on breakout, EDU, escape room, whatever you want to call it, but the idea of having to solve a puzzle. And they're, they tend to be very hands-on and helping them. So they have to figure this out in the Google form. But she's also making the connection on how to use Google Sites and how to use, you know, docs and slides and other applications to make this completely digital. So I think that's a really, really fun application there. Yeah. And I, again, I'm going to start using the words realm and dimension again, like I did on the last one. I think that, um, creating a digital breakout like this really does, uh, give it a whole new dimension in that if you do a regular breakout box, you have to take your clues and kind of stick them all around the room and, all of that. But with the digital breakout, you're hiding the clues in the web page and you've got little clickable links. And, um, I mean, there's, there's lots of, there's, it's just sort of a different feel. And so if your students have done the regular breakout box before and you want to kind of change it up, this could be really good. Or of course, if you don't have access to a breakout box, this is good. So Emily, I really, really love this idea. The Google Teacher Tribe podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great education podcasts, go to edupodcastnetwork.com. All right. The next one that we have to share comes from Lance McClard from Missouri. And he talks about something that I started geeking out about a while back and continue to find new ways to use in the classroom. And that is doing stop motion with Google Slides. Hello, Matt and Casey. This is Lance McClard, a principal in Southeast Missouri. Congratulations on one year of podcasting. I'm sure you'll have many more years to come. This has been a great show. This is my first time calling, but I listen to every episode. My tip involves stop motion with Google Slides. Something that I actually learned from Matt is to use the Google Slides and create a picture that you want and then duplicate that slide and move the object to create a stop motion effect. My daughter actually tried this over a snow day. She's 10 and she really enjoyed the activity and she created her own stop motion. She found that grouping some of the shapes helps with moving them and making it quicker. She made a quick animation of about 300 slides. Some of the uses for this could be in retelling a story in ELA class or students can create their own stop motion and other students can do some creative writing and write based on what the student had made. Another use for it could be in history, reviewing 
a time period and having students pick what is the most important period and animate that. Oh, Lance, there is so much to love from this recording that you sent us. I mean, first of all, that your daughter was doing one of these on a snow day. I absolutely love that. It's not just for assigning in class. And if she wanted to do it just for the fun of it at home, then I'm thinking that's the kind of thing that if people are innately interested enough to do it, that if we start to use it in the classroom, this can be great. Um, the grouping tip that you used uh, to to kind of keep things together uh, totally, totally makes sense. And yeah, just like you said, there are so, so, so many examples of how we can use this in a variety of different kinds of classrooms. And one thing I love about this too, see, I, I could kind of go on and on about, about this whole stop motion idea. Uh, one thing I love about it too is that even your younger students can do versions of stop motion. If you can kind of show them those recurring actions that you take to duplicate the slide and move something and duplicate it, um, once they learn how to do that, they can put things into motions too. So yeah, I'm so glad that you shared this tip, Lance. And I, I think we've actually talked about this idea several times on the mm-hmm. podcast and, and shared lots of resources. So, you know, there are so many ways to use Google Slides. I told you it's the Swiss Army knife. Yeah, and, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fact that you can do stop motion with it, I mean, the list goes on and on. In fact, I think it's all fresh in my head because I'm working on a presentation on it right now. But this is this is a fabulous idea. I love the fact that your daughter was able to just, you know, take it and run with it on a snow day, which I think a lot of people have been experiencing those those random snow days to uh, to expand your learning and, and play with some some things. So so thanks for sharing that with us, Lance. Our next tip uh, is actually sort of a collection of tips, and it comes from Meredith Akers, who is an assistant principal in Cypress Fairbanks ISD in Texas. And she's going to talk about uh, a quick way that you can insert GIFs if you didn't know how to do that. But she also shares a really cool application that I never heard of. So take a listen to this. Hey, Casey and Matt, this is Meredith Akers. I'm an assistant principal at an elementary school out in SciFair ISD in Cyprus, Texas. And my favorite tip for Google Apps is being able to add GIFs into my slides, drawings, or docs presentations. And so the way you do that is you go out and find a GIF you love, and you're going to two-finger click or right-click on it and choose copy image address, not just copy image, but copy image address. Then you come back over to your slides, your doc, your drawing, and you're going to choose insert image by URL. And that's where you paste that in and you'll get your moving GIF image. I love this because it makes me feel like I'm in a Harry Potter because I've got a document that's got a moving picture or I've got a slides that's moving with the GIF. And I feel like GIFs are so fun because they can express things that sometimes I can't with just words. And I think our students probably feel the same way that I do, that this is fun. I love using these. Wish we could use them more in school, but it's not really, there's no safe way to find those. So something that I came across recently that I love for students to use is a website called andthenIwaslike.co. This website allows students or you to create a GIF using your webcam really quickly and easily. It creates a short one and then you can click on it once you're completely done. Click on it one more time two-finger click, right-click, and paste that in, app smash it with the Google Apps for Education. I love this. It's my favorite tip. 
Thank you so much, Meredith, for sharing this. I, too, am a GIF fan, even though I pronounce it a little bit differently. And, you know, they just bring everything to life. I bet a lot of you listening right now have already sent a GIF to somebody today. Like, I, you know, we can bitmoji and GIF our way through all of our communications, it seems. But kids love it, and they're going to love it even more when they learn how to make these. And I cracked up when I heard you talking about, and then I was like, <laughs> .co website, because that sounds just like my students. And they would absolutely love this. And and of course, using the, the webcam to create their own GIFs and then learning how to put these into their work. So great tip. Thank for Thank you for sharing that, Meredith. I'm sorry. What were you talking about? I was too busy making and and then I was like gif of myself. <laughs> Did you insert it correctly? No, I didn't. I just <laughs> messed it up. I'm still trying to fix that. This is what I get I'm like, when I'm good. trying to. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I got to save it first. Right. And I gotta, no, no, I totally messed it up. Because he, he didn't listen to you, Meredith. He didn't insert by URL, and so I'm just staring oh. at his his face right now, which is is just like staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, so Matt's taking it and running with it. So everybody else is going to be like, and then I was like, uh, uh -huh, uh -huh. To the Google teacher tribe and, and we're all going to be jiffing it. Yep. Yep. That's right. Okay. There. I finally there got it right. You go. So, yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll try to stick that into the show notes so you guys can see me playing around with this. So, okay. Let's move on to the next one. So this is another thing that I geek out about a lot. And so we've got Heidi Adams from Ohio is talking about creating comic strips with Google Drawings, one of my favorite things to do. So Heidi, tell us all about it. Hi, this is Heidi Adams from Lakota Local Schools near Cincinnati, Ohio. And my favorite tip um, from the Google Teacher Tribe this year was to make comic strips from Google Drawings. Um, I saw Google Drawings as a blank slate, and I didn't really know what to do with it either. And I heard on the podcast um, you guys talking about making comic strips. So I went in, and I was trying to figure out how to make it um, the dimensions of it look like a comic strip. And I saw these three little lines in the bottom right corner of the canvas, and I grabbed them and stretched them out to make it uh, kind of like a long horizontal comic strip shape. And I drew some squares and I inserted a photo from the webcam, and I inserted some uh, speech bubbles and little speech balloons, and it was so easy, and it was amazing. Ah, uh, yes, the comic strips. Oh, Heidi, I'm so glad that you brought this up. And yeah, this is this is one of my favorite things to do too. And um, now that we have the camera back where we can go to insert an image and it used to be take a, a snapshot, now it's just the camera. Now we can add those um, add those pictures to our um, to our comic strips also. And I think that brings a whole new layer of student engagement because then the kids are the stars of the show. And oh man, yeah, this is this is one of my favorite things too. And of course, I do love a good bitmoji. And so whenever you throw uh, bitmojis in with these two, these are, these are so much fun. So Heidi, wonderful, wonderful suggestion and idea. Thank you for contributing it. 
I love seeing the the learning coming to life with the comic strips. And, you know, I think that was an activity that really opened my eyes in my classroom to uh, to things that I really had never thought about in terms of learning and understanding and processing what they had learned. So through that, that whole visual thinking idea. So thanks again, Heidi, for that. We have just a couple more to share today in our celebration of the tribe. So I hope everybody's like secretly, you know, uh, as excited as, as we are today. But I have another tip coming to us from Pam Hubler, and she's in Charleston, South Carolina. Pam is is also like heavily involved in in my Facebook group. She's a moderator for me, and so appreciate her so much. But she has some great tips. She um, supports special education, and so to to hit on another note, ways that you can use Google tools to support uh, the special education students in your classroom. So take it away, Pam. Hey, Matt and Casey. This is Pam Hubler, or Special Techie, in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I work mostly with teachers that are uh, special ed teachers. So some of my favorite things um, that I recommend for them is to use um, the voice-to-text in Google Docs. So that way students can write, instead of having to write, since that's usually a challenge, they can actually speak their notes. Um, another thing is for teachers to use slides for their, um, notes instead of using like smart notebook or things like that. That's a little harder to share. Um, that way when they send a copy to their students, um, make their own copy, then they can use the voice to text in the speaker notes. So that way it's kind of a mental note for themselves. Um, I also encourage them to use Google Keep kind of as a to-do list because then they can add it to their phone as well. And the last one is using Google Calendar in the agenda form so that way they can look at their agenda easily and kind of use it as a planner um, since a lot of them aren't very good at keeping up with their assignments when they have to write it down besides. So those are some of my favorite Googly things. And thanks so much for your podcast. It's the highlight of my week. Bye. Don't you just love that? There's just so many little things that can make a big difference. I think when it comes to using uh, G Suite and various Google apps in our classroom, that that speech to text thing, the voice typing that's built mm. into Google Docs and in the yeah. speaker notes in Google Slides is huge. And for some students, that's the difference between participating and not participating. I mean, that can be a huge uh, barrier for some of our students. So, you know, keep those things in mind and just knowing that these things exist. So if you have never used it, by the way, you can go to tools, voice typing inside Google Docs, and you'll have to enable your microphone and and you can use that. You can dictate into Google Docs. Which, let me tell you, most of us talk faster than we type anyway. So mm-hmm. it's pretty handy. Of course, we had a little mixture of our uh, Google Keep our little Instapot of the G Suite tools that right. we threw yes. in there. <laughs> yes. I'm totally using that from now on. <laughs> Somebody's mm-hmm. going to have to make a meme. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. and, and using Google Calendar, of course, to support as well. So thank you so much for sharing, Pam, and being a part of the tribe. 
I also have to say I am pretty excited because I'm going to be heading to the FETC conference in Florida, and I believe Pam is going to be there. So this is going to be like a little mini Google Teacher Tribe get together down in Orlando. Yeah, I know. So I'm I'm pretty excited about this. So as of the time that this is airing, I should be seeing Pam probably sometime in the next couple of days. So looking forward to that. Give her a hug for me. I will. And a sticker. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the last one that we're going to share is from Chris Young, who is a good, he's going to tell you, a Google innovator from Indiana and a a guy that I know myself. And um, he's got a pretty cool idea. I'm just going to let Chris explain it. Chris, go ahead. Hey there. My name is Chris Young and I am a Google innovator and Google Trainer from Indiana. What, what, represent Matt Miller. Anyways, I'm going to share my favorite trick with you, which is to take the dreaded PowerPoint or Google Slides research project, and we're going to flip it on its side to be something completely different that students love. So here's what we do. We're going to start with a slides presentation, and I'm going to search for a iPad transparent on Google, and I'm going to make this iPad the border of each slide. From there, let's say the project's on animals. Students are going to find an app icon for each animal that they're going to give information and create apps for. So they would have a horse and a shark and a whatever. And so from there, they're going to create their horse slide, which would be slide two, and then their shark slide, which is slide three. Then it's as simple as going to that very first slide and linking. You'll click on the app icon and click the link button. And rather than linking to a website, you're going to link to a slide. So we would link the horse slide to slide two because that's where the horse information is. And then the final little tip is to take it and on the home button of each slide, create a little transparent, put a circle there, make it transparent and link that to slide one or the home slide. And so then when you're in presentation mode, you're going to have a completely functioning uh, tablet or iPad. The students love this project. It's amazing. Go out and try it. Now, how cool is this? I mean, think about it. Instead of doing that same old research report where you've got all the different slides and each slide has some information, what if you turned it into an iPad? And you make the iPad clickable. I mean, that's such a cool idea. You go to the very beginning, you make the icons, and then you make the icons clickable so that you can go down to the different pages. I just think this is so cool. And it seems like there's a lot of ways that this could be applied in a variety of different classrooms. I was just thinking, if I had students create this in Spanish and we were doing a country report, you could do a, a slide about the food in that country and so have a little icon with food. Um, you, know, you could talk about the geography and have like a little icon of a mountain, um, things about the the way that they speak the language and their dialogue or dialect and then have like a little mouth. Um, I mean, there's there's just so many ways that this can be used. And I've, I've never thought of creating a report like this. So thank you, Chris, for sharing that. Yeah, what an interesting way to bring the learning to life in a new way. Again, using our little Swiss Army knife that we call Google Slides that mm-hmm. lets us do so many cool and interactive things that get students creating and not just making the same old boring presentation. So um, always reaching out and becoming these these creators of, of some really interesting things. So thanks for sharing that with us, Chris. And you know what? I think that that's about it for this episode. Mm-hmm. Matt, 
Yes, there's been a lot of really good stuff here. And I love that we have this tribe that we can lean on, where we can all really lean on each other and gather all of this stuff. Um, I know just from this episode, I've learned a variety of things that I didn't know about. I'm already trying to picture where I'm going to use and then I was like to create these these really easy <laughs> gifts or gifs or whatever you call them. And um, I've already made a, a awkward one that is freaking Casey out on the show notes. So, you know, go check that out or not. <laughs> you may not want to. I don't know. But yeah, um, this is this is kind of what the tribe is all about, isn't it, Casey? It is. We're all better together. That That is the point. That's why we named it the Google Teacher Tribe. It, it, mm-hmm. Matt and I are not the tribe. We are all the tribe and we're all learning together. And I think um, this year has been one of the best learning years for me professionally. And that has so much to do with you and what you've shared with this podcast and how you challenge us and you give us great new ideas. And, you know, this is spreading the love because guess what? We had over 245,000 downloads in our first year of the, right. the podcast. It blows me away. Now, you, yeah. you that's just the people that downloaded. That's not the people who streamed. And mm-hmm. if those are educators in the classroom, think of how many students that that we get an opportunity to impact through this. And so, you know, thank you because that's you. That's you. You're making a difference and you're helping to to share the love with other teachers and this great connected world that we now live in. And so, this really is. Just, I'm gonna. I'm gonna try not to get emotional about this. Really, mm-hmm, I feel. Mm-hmm. I feel it coming. Like, you know, I, I. We. We are just very blessed to do this. And you know, I think. Think Matt and I had this conversation before we started recording. But um, I truly believe that being a teach, teacher is a calling. But I also believe that um, the rewards of being a teacher are, are just amazing and, and the things that you can do and the people you can help. So, uh, you know, just keep that in mind and keep on being awesome, y'all. That's that's it. And we look forward to an amazing 2018 uh, and, and what's to come on the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Yeah, yeah. And to kind of follow up on what you were saying there, Casey, about the the impact that we can have, of course, whenever we share together as a tribe, we're impacting, uh, you know, teachers that, that where we hear from each other, and then we share with others, and that's sort of exponential. But you've got to also remember your impact as a teacher, too, because you start in your own classroom, and you have your one class of kids, or you have a few classes of kids, depending on what you teach. But then those kids remember what you say, and then they pass pass that along to their families. And then they go out and have their own families. And they may remember what you said and pass it on to their own kids. And then they go out into the workforce and they may remember what you did and might reflect it. And as that goes forward, then those people that are impacted in that way you know, basically, whether you realize it or not, they're spreading your legacy and you'll never realize how far your legacy reaches. And, you know, being a teacher, I think, is one of the most important professions in the world. It really is the profession that makes all other jobs possible, I think. And um, we are so just like like Casey said, we're so blessed to be able to, to share with all of you. So sorry, we got a little uh, a little philosophical here at the end, but that's that's just uh, that's just our our love for you and what we get to do for and with you. I think just sort of pouring out. 
Yes, we're gushing. We 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 need to we need to close it out, y'all. So we do. We do. so that that's it for the epic anniversary episode uh, of the Google Teacher Tribe. So we hope you will stay with us through the next year in 2018. Yes, we will, and hopefully we will see you on the next episode. Love y'all. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and by visiting googleteachertribe.com. Get in on the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag GTTribe. Until next time, keep harnessing the G Suite power, and may the Googles be with you. And can I just say, Canada is representing yes. in the yeah, Google Teacher Tribe, right? Yeah, it's, first two in the show today. All right, We're, we got to share share the love. I think I think we may even have another one from Canada coming up too. So, uh, thanks thanks for listening, y'all. A, what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, awkward pause. Let me catch back up. Okay. What's awkward is that I'm sitting here watching this GIF all day. Yes, that is kind of awkward. That's true. (laughs) I don't know why you keep watching it, though. You know, you can scroll down so you don't have to look at it. I haven't gotten that far. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's get there. There he goes. Bye, bye, Matt. Yeah. Okay. (laughs)